3: The Detroit CityCast is presented by BetRivers. BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same-gay parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days, and this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread Challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at BetRivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet.
0: This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers.
3: And welcome in on this terrific Tuesday edition of the Detroit City Cast. We got a fun one for you. Today we're going to take a trip to the Motown betting window in just a minute. But coming up, part two of the 60-part series with my incredible producer Steven Jung of Steven's stupid ideas to save sports. If you missed the first edition, I don't know where you were, but we'll kind of rehash that quickly, but he's got some more doozies for you coming up in just a little bit today. Let's take that trip to the Motown betting window. It's brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers, and we'll take a look at what happened last night on Monday Night Football, and I told you all week leading up to my picks that the Rams were the play, not just Rams plus two and a half, but Rams plus three. Rams' money line, of course, that all covered. Matt Stafford had one of his finest games of the season, and that was a huge win for the Rams. And the Cardinals now kind of licking their wounds. Well, they get to play the Detroit Lions at Ford Field, and that lineup at Rivers right now is Cardinals minus 13 and a half, minus 110. Lions plus 13 and a half, minus 110. The money line for Arizona is up a little bit from yesterday when the line was out before they pulled it off. Uh, during the game last night, minus 7.15 for the Cardinals. And the Lions plus 540. The total 47.5 over under both minus 110. Couple insights for you when it comes to trends so far this year for both these teams. Two of the best uh, against the spread teams in the NFL, the Cardinals now nine and four against the spread uh, this season. The Lions eight and five against the spread. And the Lions did cover that only game earlier this year when they were dogs of 13 and a half points or more, uh, you know, when you look at the Lions, they have been a pretty good cover team, but this is a, a a team that is so much better than them in Arizona, and the Lions, you know, this is getting towards the end of the year, I mean, not that there can't be any magic left, but Arizona needs a win in a big way, and they should just completely mollywop Detroit. Uh, the Lions, by the way, are 4-2 and two against the spread at home so far this season, and the over... I looked at I talked about the over yesterday, and that's one thing I'm looking at because the Lions can score enough points if TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, or at least one of the two, are back. The over is hit in three of the Lions six games at home. And, you know, in away games, Arizona seven and and0 overall, seven and O against the spread in, in seven road games this year for the Cardinals. Uh, that has gone over the total four times, so I'm definitely, as I mentioned yesterday, looking at a lean right now. Uh, not an official play yet, but a lean on the over. Uh, we'll see what kind of happens in the next couple of days. But right now, it's 47 and a half, both over/under minus 110, and we'll continue to take more of a look at that and some some props towards the weekend as well. Uh, let's take a look at the, the bowl games right now as we're about to get started with bowl season. As I mentioned, I'm gonna have a pick on every single bowl game. We got the Bahamas Bowl coming up at noon. On Friday with Toledo and Middle Tennessee, uh, you got the Kear Bowl at 6 p.m. on Friday. Uh, Coastal Carolina and Northern Illinois. Then we get the whole bowl season started in earnest. Uh, I know it's I think it's over 40 bowl games this year uh, in the uh, you know the December into January period. Let's take a look at the latest line of the Peach Bowl for Michigan State, and we've you know discussed this game at length. Uh, as the big news on, on this is that Kenny Pickett is very unlikely to play, and that's why the line has gone all the way to Michigan State. Minus two and a half. Remember, this this opened Pittsburgh minus four and a half. And Kenny Pickett's going to the Heisman ceremony. And, you know, Michigan State's, you know, it's Kenneth and Kenny Walker got snubbed. And then the next thing you know, Kenny Pickett-Whipple, the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh, goes to Nebraska to take the same position. Pickett gets uh, frustrated about that and is very unlikely to play. So, now Michigan State, a two and a half point favorite. Minus 113 at Bet Rivers. Michigan State, minus 130 on the money line. Pitt, plus 107. And the total sticking at sixty and a half. and a half. Uh, where it's been for the last several days, over minus 112, under minus 109. And in the Orange Bowl, the college football playoff, semi, 7.30 p.m. on December 31st, New Year's Eve. This line's kind of leveled off. It's been eight for a while. I bet Rivers, Georgia minus eight, minus 108. Michigan plus eight, minus 113. Moneyline, Georgia minus 335. And Michigan plus 245. The total is... Uh, as we mentioned, up a point from over the you know last part of last weekend or going into the weekend, it's now 44 and a half. And I I've liked, I've had a, a, a full play on the total since that line came out. I can't believe it's 14 to 50 points lower than the Bama Cincinnati total right now. The over 45 and a half at Bet Rivers is minus 113. The under. 44.5 is minus 108. There are some sharps that have played the over as low as when it was at 43 or 43.5, but I got a full play on that up to where it's at right now. I mean, if it goes to 45, 46, uh, that's not a, a, a play for me. But at 44, a half, 43, it is definitely a play on the over. I think there's going to be uh, a bunch of points scored in this game. Two good defenses, but I think this game is going to be at least in the mid-20s and maybe one team gets to 30 and it should be a back-and-forth affair of grandeur on New Year's Eve. Uh, one game of note in uh, the local action when it comes to hockey and basketball. Of course, the Pistons and Bulls game got postponed because of the COVID outbreak with the Bulls. Uh, but tonight, you do have the Detroit Red Wings back on ice. And boy, could they use a home win. They've been really good at home. 9-4 and one at home and terrible on the road, especially as of late. Wings right now, minus 118 at home against the Islanders. The puck line, minus 1, plus 150 for Detroit. Islanders, plus 1, minus 182. Uh, Islanders' money line is plus 102 as well, where the Wings are minus 118. And the total goals, 5.5 over plus 117 under minus 139. I got no plan this game tonight. I would love to see the Red Wings win one because I still think this team is an outside chance at making a run to the playoffs, which would probably keep them ahead of schedule in this uh, rebuild now with Steve Eiserman. Uh, but the, the Wings are just not a trustworthy team the last, I would say, two, two and a half weeks. So I'm going to stay away from this game. But there's definitely decent value. Not only to lay too much because the honors are, you know, they're okay. They're not an incredible team. And you just have to lay 118 on the Wings. Maybe you look at a, a half-unit small value play on the Wings minus one plus 150. And then, you know, the Wings win. Worst case scenario, you push. But if they do have a nice night and get some nice goals from, uh, you know, uh, the balanced offense when the Wings are, are playing at their, at their best and, Maybe you see uh, Zanita, you know, break the seal or, uh, you know, if that happens, then you you get, you know, the plus 150. So I think there's some good value there for the Red Wings as well. But boy, when you look at the Wings, they have been terrible the last 10, 5-4-1, and one. but the offense hasn't been there. As I mentioned, they've not been really good on the road. And, you know, this is a team with Lucas Raymond, who's going to, I think, be easily the rookie of the year. Maybe you get some nice action from him tonight. And maybe you get some good D from our man Mo Sider. So the, you know, small, small lean opinion would be the the puck line minus the one. And obviously the Wings have to win that game, you know, or else you're going to lose all that. But if they win, you know, at worst, if they win by a goal or win in a shootout or win in overtime, you push. But if they win by two or three or more, you get plus 150 in the hour at home. As I mentioned, Against an Islanders team that's not nothing. I mean, the Islanders are 7-11-5 on the, on the year, just 19 points. The Wings have 10 more points to them. So that could be a, a nice play for you. Uh, The minus one plus 150. That's a trip to the Motown betting window. Brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And coming right up, it's part two of the 60-part series. Steven's stupid ideas to save sports. Wait till you see what he has in store for you today. Get to that. Coming right up.
0: must be 21 playable in michigan only gambling problem call 1-800-270-7117
2: the
3: visa mid-season football special is here put the visa betting experts to work for you from now through february for only 99 dollars daily best bet emails 24 7 video streaming betting splits for every sport point spread weekly plus in-depth data and analysis on visa.com sign up today at visa.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vsan.com slash subscribe. Now, those of you that listen to this show each and every day, we we love you and we appreciate it. And you're the reason we do this, but you know, we don't get to talk a lot about the reason that there's so much magic. I mean, obviously I, on, on my own, I'm just a magical human being. But without my fine, noble, and noted producer, Steven Jung, one of the great men, talents, humans, wizards in the business, this show would be nearly as good as it is. And we get a chance again today to do part two of our 60-part series, Steven's Stupid Ideas to Save Sports. Steven, it's, it's, it's really always an honor to have you. I mean, obviously, you're here with me all the time anyway. But to have you actually on the show means a lot. Uh, this is something that I think can really probably not change the world at all. But I, I want to give you a chance to at least give people an idea to do that.
4: Absolutely. Um, just call me the ideas producer. It's the ideas <laughs> producer to make the world a better place. Um, and just to recap, uh, part, one, um, num- part one of 60. Part one of 60. Number one, um, just a basic idea the number one team in the final CFP rankings gets to choose their opponent. Of the other three teams, so in this case, um, the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide would probably theoretically still remain choosing Cincinnati, but let's say Cincinnati were ranked two, it would be their option of who they would play in the semifinal. Um, the bigger, um, the big picture- And then, by
0: the way, really quick,
4: that one I was not,
3: I, I didn't think it was that stupid. I mean, that of a, of a list of many stupid ideas we have teed up for this 60-part series, that one I actually was okay with. It would never happen, but that one I was okay with. These other two are a little ridiculous.
4: Well, by the way, as the ideas producer for this show, um, I will object to calling them stupid ideas. I know you like your alliterations, but I'm still yeah. But the name object- of the
3: segment is Steven's Stupid Ideas to Save Sports. You signed off on that. Whoa.
4: Well, what do I don't you want me to I'm call a- Stephen Silly Ideas to-, to Save Sports? I'm going to have to check with my lawyer on that one. Anyway. All right, you get back to me. You make sure. You- Just make sure he doesn't bill you for a full hour. Bigger point: uh, relegation in college football. So, group of five teams uh, would get promoted to the Power Five teams. Um, and and vice versa i think i think it would add a lot of spice to the regular season so uh, hypothetically this season you know i i don't know if vanderbilt finished last in the icc i'm just guessing they did vanderbilt would get relegated to like the Sun Belt, and then <laughs> louisiana the cajuns the raging cajuns right you love uh, them they would get promoted to the sec which would be great because then their coach go to florida so maybe they would play one another i think it would add a lot it would add a lot um all right
3: just another one of your phenomenal
4: ideas this last one was ridiculous yeah, so um, it, it was leading into the Thanksgiving game in Detroit, Bears versus Lions, uh, and there was a report that's obviously turned out not to be true <laughs> but that Matt Nagy was, co- was coaching his last game, um, that game, win or loss, or win or lose. And my idea was, win or lose, he would get carried off the field <laughs> on the shoulders of the Bears players, which would have been terrific. Um, unfortunately... Or fortunately, it never happened. But I think it would have been a great idea for the Bears to do that.
3: You know what I should have done? I can't believe I didn't do this when we were doing that show. I think so. Win or lose, you want to, you know, you want him carried off. I think that if he wins, he gets carried off by the Bears. If he loses, he gets carried off by the Lions. That's what I should have proposed. That would have, that I would have signed off on. You imagine if he loses the game and the Lions carry the opposing coach off the field? Now that's
4: something I can get behind, Steven. Well, we we texted a, a few days ago, and I texted you <laughs> that if you combine Matt Nagy's idiocy to kick field goals and punt on fourth and short with Dan Campbell's idiocy in your eyes of going for it on every fourth down, oh yeah, if you combine the two of them, then we might get ourselves a below average head coach
3: yep at least I think the ceiling would be below average. I mean, I think the 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 floor would be like a, an epically awful head coach, but at least below average would be the ceiling. that's that's something. But today, part two of the sixty part series, I know you're gonna check with your lawyer, but for now it's Steven's stupid ideas to save sports. Uh, I know you got a couple of doozies today. where do you Where do you want to start?
4: Well, I just want to start this isn't a, this isn't an idea. This is just something I want to see. Okay. I, I thought have... you're the ideas producer, right, but this is a great idea to see. I want to see now, Dan. Before I before I begin, um, do you know who committed and what yardage, the longest defensive penalty recorded in NFL history? I'm gonna
3: say they're gonna ask me who killed Kennedy. I was gonna be like, I don't know. Ask Oliver Stone. Um, The longest defensive penalty in NFL history: Akib Talib.
4: No, it was a Detroit Lion who committed. Wait, hold on. It was a lion. How long ago was this? A sixty-six yard penalty in Lambeau Field. It was Nevin Lawson. Oh yes, Nevin 66-yard Lawson. 66 yard pass interference penalty um, on. And I, and I looked at the video replay, and it was uh, it was fairly uh, a bad call. <laughs> let's let's just put it that
3: way. I do If I'm not mistaken, I think that was on. A, a, a Monday night or Sunday night game, if I'm not mistaken, at Lambeau. I can't remember.
4: Yeah, so he was flagged for a 66-yard pass interference call, um, the longest in 15 seasons, and that's how long that this has been tracked, this particular penalty. And um, it exceeded a 60-yard pass interference call by Cleveland Browns cornerback Mike Adams in 2010 against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, what I want to see, and this just you know spurred my I, idea producer brain of mine, that I want to see a 98-yard defensive pass interference penalty in the NFL, which would be the longest penalty that you can commit because any penalty that's committed, any defensive pass interference penalty committed in the end zone and the opposing or in your offensive end zone, I right. should say, gets placed at the one-yard line, and you can start your drive um, no worse than your own one-yard line. So this is what we would need happening. We would need, first of all, a player who has the arm strength to throw it from their end zone to the opposing end zone. So not Jared Goff. He's out. No, Jared Goff, I think, has the arm strength to throw to the opposing or to his own 20-yard line. Yeah, maybe the 15
3: or 20 of his own.
4: Yeah. Um, We would probably need to get Kyle Bowler out of retirement. (laughs) What about Marcus Russell? Yeah, so so those two guys could do their only um, positive deed in their pro football history, which is just throw the ball as far as you can, right? We would need a player then to be able to run before the defensive line gets to the quarterback 100 yards. So we probably need Usain Bolt, right, who can probably <laughs> run this in less than 10 seconds.
3: All right, so now we're bringing uh, one of the, the you know greatest athletes, the fastest man alive out of retirement. All right, so this is definitely, I can see this working.
4: And then we need, um, well, we need any umpire who just is willing to throw a flag. So all of them are eligible for that, right? So, and this play would probably need to take a good, you know, 12 seconds to develop. Um, And you would have to obviously avoid any offensive penalty too that can negate the call. But you also need the pass to be incomplete, but a catchable ball to commit this penalty. So all in all, I want to see a 98 yard defensive pass interference penalty in the nfl before my time on earth is over
3: i can tell you this right now that if it happens you already mentioned i i, I forgot I, I do remember vaguely that nevin lawson played i'm pretty sure it was in a primetime game that i think one of the times because the lions actually had some good success for four or five years against the once they finally got that lambo curse off they beat green bay like four or five times something like that and they beat him a couple times in lambo but i am not shocked it was a lion I would not be shocked at all if this this ever happened and it was either a Lions defender or a Chicago Bears defender. That seems about the range. You know, may, maybe the Jaguars too, but I feel like it would probably be a Detroit Lion that would do this.
4: Yeah, and like the, a weird thing would happen to the defensive line. Like all four players trip over themselves or something like <laughs> that and are not able to get up for whatever reason or give up, you know. Or they think, they're like, oh, I thought I heard a flag. No, you heard the wrong whistle in that in that scenario. Yep, um, that is
3: an idea. That's, I love it. I, actually, I, I'm, I'm going to sign off on that. that. That is not as crazy as I thought it would be.
4: Actually, th- this would have been perfect if it happened in a Matt Nagy versus Dan Campbell game. Like, on, oh, on sure either side, that, that, that would have been perfect. So, Dan, my, my bigger idea in, um, in saving sports here uh, tonight... Steph Curry goes for the all-time three-point career make record. Yep, tries to get over Ray Ray Allen. Yes, and uh, he will, in all likelihood, uh, break the record uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, Now, I I need to get your opinion. Do you like how the NBA has gone the last probably five, six years, where it's a very three-point heavy, three-point biased um, league because – um, you know, it's obviously worth three points, so it's worth more more to, to, to just shoot a lot of threes. Do you like the way that that's happened? Or, you know, you grew up, you know, in the era of the 80s and 90s where a lot of people are romantic about, about that area of basketball. What's what's your take on on what the three-point shot has done to the NBA?
3: No, I think it's a, it's a great question, and it's a, tr- it's a tricky question because, listen... I've always loved the NBA, but I'm a child of, of the 80s and 90s and the bad boys and the, the Celtics and Lakers. And, and the three-point shot has always been something that I've enjoyed. But when and this, let's just be honest. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter ever. There's no debate there. And you know the evolution of him going from you know this kid from Davidson and having that nice run in the NCAA basketball tournament to becoming this guy that weaponized the three-point shot. And I've been reading a lot of stuff about that. You know, the three-point shot being weaponized. But is it, has it been too much? I, I, I remember just a quick example in college. You know, Duke, they would just shoot nothing but threes in certain games, and and sometimes it would drive me nuts. There's nothing wrong with using an advantage. I mean, it's all about analytics these days. And the three-point shot, if you're like, you know, within a foot or two of the line, it's always better to take a three than take a two. That being said, I think that some NBA teams rely way too much on threes. And while I love and respect and admire the hell out of Steph Curry and guys like Ray Allen, the record he's going to try to beat tonight, and all these other great three-point shooters over the last 15, 20, 30 years, I do think sometimes... Based on, you know, and I, I, can, I can grow and, 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 you know, become of age and, and, and be good with the times. But based on how I grew up and, and watching those great battles with the Lakers and Celtics and Blazers and Pistons and, and Bulls with Michael Jordan, I think the three point shot is relied on too much in the NBA that being said no one plays defense anymore it's not a team basketball game it's all about getting up there and just firing shots James Harden takes 50 shots a game so it's frustrating sometimes to me but I'm not going to say that I hate the three-pointer it's a fun shot but sometimes I feel like it's relied upon too much where it's you know you live by the three you die by the three sometimes all they do is just die by the three because all they do is take the three so that's kind of where I'm at with it but I'm not going to hate on Steph Curry for weaponizing the three as well as some other players.
4: Ah, uh, breaking news! Also, that Dan Leach has officially uh, announced his run as a United States politician. With that yes. answer of going back and forth and trying to not piss off people who are in favor of the three-point show. I think it was a brilliant answer. It I mean, people—that's why they—they they, they, they love you, me because I—I am on both sides of the ledger for good reason. You made everybody happy or everybody angry. That's <laughs> really a job. um Thanks. But anyway, I have the way to say. I have the way to solve all of it. All right, this is going to be interesting. All of it. This solves all of it.
3: You make. Let me the- guess. Let me guess. Before you say, because we, we haven't discussed this previously, because I like to like just hear these as as you you present them. I think you're going to say make it turn a certain part of the floor into a four point shot.
4: No, no, that that would make it worse because that that that's like when golf tried to tiger proof the courses and they made it longer yeah. and tiger just one more. No, the, the, this is the end all solution. You all right, make what, what currently is the three point shot worth four points. And you make the what currently is a two-point shot worth three points. So what happens to the two-point shot? It becomes three points. Oh, for the love of Christ. No, sausages. no, no. This is a simple math equation at this point. So right yeah, now. Yeah, we're back to Steven's stupid ideas. There's just a huge premium because a three-point shot is worth 50% more than a two-point shot, right? So it's analytically uh, smart to just shoot threes.
1: Yeah, now, just...
4: if you turned a three-point shot into a four-point shot and a two-point shot into a three-point shot. I'm just changing the worth of the shot, right? I'm not changing anything like where 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 it is, where the location is, the distance. But if you make threes, fours, and twos, threes, that <laughs> means the fours are only worth 33% more than the, the twos becoming threes. All right, so I get think- that. I get that with the math. But what are we going to do now? Make free throws worth two? Easy free throw worth two now? free throws are worth one because we have another epidemic where teams are just drawing fouls and getting fouled and the NBA is trying to change that by getting rid of some of the James Harden three point shooting fouls. You make free throws still one free throw. So you put less less of a less of a value on getting to the free throw line, you know, doing that like weird like shooting motion weirdness, like changing your shooting motion to to get fouled. You you get rid of all that. So you you keep the free throws one and two. You change the twos to threes and you change the threes to fours, problem solved. The big man will come back and play. I guarantee it. (laughs) I guarantee it. All right. This is why we do this.
3: This is only part two of 60. We've already had some doozies. By the way, Steph Curry, uh, he had five uh, triples on Monday night against the Pacers. He's made 2,972 triples. One behind Ray Allen. So, I mean, as you mentioned, it's a... It's a foregone conclusion he's going to break the record tonight at Madison Square Garden. As long as he doesn't get hurt or something, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But Stephen, let me ask you this: I mean, well, it sounds all you know, f- you know, hunky dory, and you know, I get what you're saying because the, the right math word is and the percentages.
4: Smart, man. the right word What's is that? smart. It sounds smart.
3: Yeah, That's it sounds super word. smart. How, what are you going to do with the records, man? You're going to get rid of all the three point records. Going to get rid of all the two point records. Like, what are you going to do with the record book? Just rip it up and
4: light it on fire and have a goat eat it? So, personally, I am not really a sentimental type of human being. I I don't, am. Really, I don't really care about records. But also, it wouldn't be all that much work to just go back in the record books and change the threes to fours. You can't do, do that, though! You can't change threes to fours if when they were taken, they were threes and now they're fours. That's in... not fair. It's not inflation. Well, fine. Then you get rid of the records. You make the game better. <laughs> oh, God. You make the game better. See... The bigger question at hand here is, do you think this would improve the game? That is no. the bigger question. Why would you improve the game? Because I, you're not you're not
3: taking a, a thing that has stood. I, I'm all about you. I'm not saying you I'm not like get off my lawn, guy. You know that. I'm very forward-thinking. But you're not taking something that has been around forever. And all of a sudden saying, you know what? They're no longer worth three. They're worth four. And, and two-point baskets are not worth three. And I, I get what you're saying about the big man. Like guys like Andre Drummond in the dying five spot in the NBA for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. I get that the big man would be more important. But it's just, there's no way to do that. You're not going to rip the record book up. I mean, they'd have to, obviously, they probably want to move the line back even more if it was going to be a four-pointer. But see, to sell that, I'm not saying that your idea is as crazy as some of your other ones, but to try to sell a four-point shot to the fans when they don't understand the analytics and the smart math like you do, being the smart man that you are, it's, it's, it's next to impossible. I don't think it, so Rayo, so Steph Curry's going to break the all-time three-point record, and they're going to say, "All right, never mind. It's the four-point record. We're just going to redo the numbers here."
4: Dan, so instead are of you calling NBA fans dumb and not being lot, able to lot handle lot of a them. four-point shot. I don't think they can't see them. Not a
3: lot of them. They're 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 gonna like especially these younger fans that are like in their 20s and millennials and stuff they're are gonna you be like. this for... saying all millennials are dumb, Dan? Is oh, that what will you're you saying? stop it? Stop trying to make headlines on the great Detroit CityCast. But I just I, I I mean I've I've signed off on the CFP thing where you know the number one seed chooses the the their opponent. I, I've said that some of your other things aren't insanely insane. But this, they're not changing it to a four-point shot. Now, I will say this. There has been discussion w- within the rules committees and, 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 you know, the commissioner, Adam Silver, and some others, of maybe eventually making a four-point shot as well. Like, there will still be a three-point shot, but then they'll move it, you know, you know a couple feet back and make it a four-point shot. You know, and from half-court and three-quarters-court, any of those shots would all be worth four. That I could see maybe happening someday. But they're never going to take the three and turn it into four and take the two and turn it into three. We, I, I'm not saying your reasoning wasn't smart. I'm not saying that you weren't coming from a good place. But it's just not happening.
4: I have two other minor ideas for the NBA. All Once right, a quickly. season, every team in the NBA gets the right to choose a next point wins game. So they're <laughs> able to choose like a, a game where they're losing by like 50 points, right? <laughs> oh, for the love of Christ.
3: So, so the other night with the the Grizzlies broke the record by beating the Thunder by seventy million points. So they're down by sixty nine with a few minutes left. All right, we're choosing our one point, our winner to next point wins game. Oh, for the love of Lord sausages! All right, Pistons, they're down by fifty five to the Lakers. Hey, LeBron, we're using our our winner to next point wins game. Okay. All right, give me your last one before the the show
4: completely implodes inside people's phones and stuff. No, I, I got to regain my composure, but um, the the inbound passer I think should be allowed to shoot from from the baseline. All right, and that's actually your, not
3: that crazy. Okay. Like the Larry there, Bird time, where
4: or... there's your four point play. Like I don't think the four point shot should be instituted anywhere like on the court. But the inbound passer should have the right to try to score a basket from like ninety ninety four feet away. But no, I I think the um I think my previous idea is a gr- a great idea. Like th- oh yeah. No, think of growing up. Like next point wins was the way that you, like, played basketball. Bring that back once a year. Like yeah, it, next it, play it, wins. Next play wins when you're in a game, like it's like a, a tied or one point game. Not when you're down by sixty. Well, you know this. This means that truly every regular season game would be up for grabs. Then I, I think it would bring some attention, bring some good randomness. Um, it, it would be a doozy for the betting windows. Like, how would they handle that? Like a team like. A team loses by 67 points but still wins like how would this ha- how, how would this work out from a sports betting angle this is one of the many reasons i love you but this is also one of the
3: many reasons i think you're an absolute insane clown uh this was another great another great uh uh you know part two another part of the this the 60 part series and i want to i want people to get on twitter and Stephen, give your Twitter out so people know what your Twitter is, so they can definitely you know address you cor- directly. But I want people on my Twitter as well at DanLeeShiny71 to let us know, and we'll maybe we'll put some polls up throughout the week of what people think about Stephen's ideas. Well give everyone your Twitter? I know you, I know you like to hide your Twitter, but let everyone know what it is.
4: Yeah, it's Stephen Jung, S-T-E-V-E-N J-U-N-G, S-T-E-V-E-N-J-U-N-G, all all one word. Um, so just to recap today, um, my, my great ideas. Um, we started with um, my um, my request, my wanting to see a 98-yard defensive pass interference penalty in the NFL one day. Um, I believe the way to save this, uh, save the NBA from its current like three-point bias, is to turn the three-point shot just make it worth four points, and make two-point shots worth three points. Um, I-, I think my my funnier but better idea potentially. Uh, is that once a year, every NBA team has the right to go with a next point wins scenario during a game. And also the four-point shot that Dan brought up um, that the Rose Committee is, is going to be pondering, um, and they'll probably be pondering that for the next 20 years or so. Really? Um, the inbound ba- passer should be allowed to shoot from their, their passing position. And if they make the shot, it's worth four points. And if they miss, it counts as a turnover. So the other team would get the ball. Um, personally, my favorite idea though was definitely not next shot wins because I literally thought of that 30 seconds before I said it today.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're down 60. Next shot wins. Hey, down 43. Next shot wins. This was another brilliant trip to Stevens. I know you got to talk to your lawyer, but for, as of now, there's Stevens' stupid ideas to save sports. Part two of 60. It was it lived up to the expectations. I can't wait to see what you have in store for part three. Steven, great job. It's an honor to work with you. We got a lot uh, more fun times to have going
4: forward and a lot more
3: stupid ideas to discuss by the ideas producer. Any
4: any parting shots before we get out of here for the day? Well, I just want to say, Dan, I always believe in the dream, and I am out. <laughs> I'm stealing my own lines. That's going to do
3: it for us here on the Detroit Cast. And until next time, keep reaching for the star. Zu. let me start that over again keep reaching for the stars believe in the dream and for the s-man dan leach the squatch
0: out Zumo Play.